phonetically, megalonath, Cthulhu, Fatagon. That's the one thing I can say right there. Hit the theme music? Hit the theme music. All right. I, I really hope that you know. You know, every episode is a chance for someone's first episode. Yes, and that's what the first thing they get. I mean, because the Call of Cthulhu, very popular story. People know what that is, and yeah, shit. They, would, they would get it. Like, yeah, no, this is this is their. You know, if it's it's on them if they can't get into this. Yeah, this is like speaking Vulcan. <laughs> this is welcome, dear listener readers. Hello, everyone. To uh, slow readers, your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by Top Gun Radio. Here, the conversation is always on books. It's always on reading. It's always on words on the page. It's it's always on cults. It's know. always on being the only explicit literature comedy podcast on the market. Fuck yeah. Period. Fuck shitballs. Fuck dicks. Fuck yeah. Dick butt. Oh, man. Yeah. Also, um, hopefully we sound different uh, to the listeners out there. because It's been another equipment upgrade. <laughs> yeah. We're only failing up. But yeah, we have a mixing board. I'm looking at my levels and I'm like, oh boy, I should turn up the compressor. Now, whatever. I'll put a compressor. Yeah, I mean, this. we're supposed to we should just bring it down. Uh, we're, I think we're supposed to peak at minus 12. We are. But I think like a compressor would have helped that. But then again, also on top of this, uh, I'm a post-production engineer. So like I'm not used to this production engineer thing. Yeah. So true. it's like I know how to clean this up. I don't know how to do it right the mm-hmm. first time. <laughs> Well, all right then. That said, we're professionals. Who and what are? No, wait. Is it what are we? What's the order that we do things in? Well, I already did the branding thing. Okay, fuck, uh, fuck all that. Uh, mm-hmm. Gabriel, who and what are you? <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian. Every now and again, I'm a writer and I'm a podcast producer. And if you want yourself a frozen strawberry vodka lemonade at the bar at Oyster House in Studio City, California, come on down. It's me. Hmm. And co-host, who are you? <laughs> I'm just going to dive in. I am Daniel Gonzalez. Gonzalez, Gonzalez. An audio producer, editor, writer, and an author of speculative fiction. Heck yeah. <laughs> and you, you figure, doing like four of these episodes in the space of like two weeks, like yeah. you'd figure... I would know what to do. We'd get a little tighter, maybe? We'd get, you'd figure we'd get tighter. We wouldn't, like, have any moments where we just look at each other, let our jaws just slack open, and nope. just go, duh, what yeah. Or, like, I won't have a glass full of wine right next to my face when you start talking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'd figure, but it's not going to happen. And, hey, if you like this kind of thing, yeah. do us a favor, listeners. Whatever you're doing right now, unless you're driving, mm-hmm. like, stop. And press one button to support our show. That's all we ask. Press a star count. Give us five stars. Give us a like. Give us a review. Give us a subscribe. Mm-hmm. And if you can be bothered, please write us a review because we love reading your reviews on the air. We've gotten a couple <laughs> of them in the past couple of weeks. And boy, Emma, they have been only mildly hurtful. Yeah, no, they've been, they've, they've honestly, like, not even hurtful. I really love them. I thought they were hilarious. The, like, the, I, it brought me true glee. We are moderately entertaining. Yeah, moderately entertaining. <laughs> love it. Uh, the, the, I'm sorry, I just wanted to look real quick to see if, I mean, I don't think there was going to be any new ones or whatever, but, like, mm. I love these, ti- like, the title of the one was Only One Listen. Like, and yep. that was four stars. Yeah, love it. Four stars. I mean, hey. Thanks, dude. How many of you people out there are four star people? How many of you out there have listened to many episodes and still haven't reviewed our show? Yeah. How many people uh, do consider you less than moderately entertaining? That's right. Yeah. We are going to revel in that. We're the best. That's our new t-shirt. Gabe, what's that? Moderately entertaining or whatnot. Or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what moderately entertaining on the front, whatnot in the back. There you go. And whatnot, I think, was the full phrase. Yeah, must be. Um, also, uh, uh, yeah. Also, again, like I, I'm seriously tempted to make a new logo with both moderately entertaining and uh, sounds too much like two guys talking about a book they read. <laughs> oh, just add those to our website. Go to topcountradio.com. Add the quotes there. <laughs> I could do that. Yeah, I think it'd be great. I'm about to go on vacation. Uh, so like, yeah, no. If you, if all y'all check the website until then, like that'll be on the 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 flag page. Yeah, Daniel's. Going to Juarez. I'm going to Hawaii and Juarez. I'm going to Juarez and Hawaii. Love it. Gabriel? Tacos. Let's stop playing some grab ass here. All right, all right. Uh, Because we have some shit to talk about. We sure do. Um, And to catch up the listeners, uh, is that we just finished doing the first main arc in the Murderbot series by Martha Wells. The first four novellas in the Murderbot Diaries. Yeah, and, uh, and before that, we were doing... 
uh, Perdane. Yeah, the Chronicles <laughs> yeah. of Perdane by uh, Lloyd Alexander. Yeah, we were doing those, and we're going to. Uh, and I, honestly, we'll say is that we should be doing Redwall soon, mm-hmm. but we're gonna take like a little break and do some kind of like one-offs. Yeah. Uh, like I think next week we're doing the Sandman audiobook. Yeah, the Audible adaptation starring James McAvoy and Kat Dennings. So yeah, I'm very excited. And I've 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 already started listening to. Um, and I think, but and yeah, maybe one other like one-off essentially in there before we start doing Redwalls, which I'm really looking forward yes. to. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, yes, Daniel, we had an episode to fart out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had we had a toot one, and I was like, hey, you know what's something that's just easy breezy lemon squeezy? Sure. <laughs> It was this one. Call, Call of Cthulhu by Howard... F- <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. What happened there? Howard Phillips Lovecraft. <laughs> Yay. Jesus. That really came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, awesome. <laughs> Howard Phillips Lovecraft, Gabriel. Good old HP. No, we have covered him before. We have indeed. Uh, in an early episode, we did uh, the shadow, the shadow over Innsmouth. Yes, indeed. Um, and, quite early on our in our run, I think. Like, yeah, in like the forties or so. Something like that. Yeah, which was Almost like a, one year, a million years ago. Definitely in the first year. Yeah, um, obviously. Uh, and and uh, then we went on a very mm-hmm. long tangent about the Dark Tower movie during that episode. Oh uh, yeah, because we're looking forward to it because it came out. Do you think? Well, I think because it came, it came out. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were we were doing our best to be optimistic, <laughs> even though truly a phantom menace for our times. Did I see it with you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, we don't need to talk about that. No. Nope. Uh, Gabriel, but that said, um, what we didn't do when we talked about- What did we not do? We didn't actually go into the history and context of old Howard Phillips. Old HP? Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. And Gabe, points, Lovecraft? Yeah. So I I did some research. All right. He's, he's a very large figure. I'm sure it must have been a lot of research to condense. Yeah. It's a lot. It still ends up being long and hopefully none of this is boring. Okay. Um, but there was like a lot of things I wanted to cover because obviously I can talk about Lovecraft himself. I talk, yeah. I talk less about his actual literary career and more about like him, like his childhood. Sure. Uh, and like some of like the things towards like the end of his life or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, ex- especially focusing on one kind of aspect of his personality. That is, is it how much he loved Red Hook Brooklyn? It, it's how much he was. I mean, he was a true Brooklynite. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could see him today of his bike shorts and his <laughs> full sleeve tattoos with his blm uh, uh yeah, patch <laughs> exactly that's him gabriel di- uh not only first off uh when he oddly enough he, he was born and died in providence rhode island sure. um a lot of his stories take place in uh, uh rhode island and new england in general sure just like um, a family guy. those are his quote-unquote arkham stories gotcha uh but, almost Catonic university but that said his addresses he was a he was a known to be a, a resident of red hook he li- resided at 100 uh 169 clinton street hmm. which uh today is a in uh, Brooklyn Heights. Um, and you know what? His first Brooklyn address was 793 Flatbush Avenue, which oh, hey. was at the southeastern corner of Prospect Park. <clears throat> we, You and I both used to live within blocks of there. Yeah. That's kind of <clears throat> wild. We essentially didn't have to go far to walk to the place that Lovecraft uh, lived in at one point when he was married and apparently got fat. <laughs> which is a fact that I had to cut out of here because I wrote too much in factoids. Yeah. So Gabriel, we're from Brooklyn. Let me just uh, give you some, uh, let me give you some things on Lovecraft. I'm going to talk a little bit about Call of Cthulhu and the Cthulhu mythos. Daniel, what name did he go by? Uh, What do you mean? Did he go by Howard? Did he go by Philip? Oh, he went by HP. I don't know. Really? To be honest, I don't fucking know. As far as I know, he just went by Lovecraft. Hmm. I mean, his name is Lovecraft, <laughs> would you? Imagine, like, like his, his parents. <laughs> Lovecraft! Lovecraft! No, probably Howie. I don't know. <laughs> well, as you can see, his family has a real interest... Time for your beans! <laughs> His family has a real interesting uh, uh, history and also uh, naming scheme. Uh, Lovecraft's father, Winfield, uh, was committed... Oh. <laughs> After years of, quote, doing and saying strange things at times. Uh, basically, and he eventually died in, like, a mental hospital uh, due to symptoms that are very apparently, like, late-stage syphilis. Oh. Uh, Lovecraft himself was either in denial or did not, or just flat out was lying about the fact that he claimed that his father went crazy due to being overworked. Sure, um, sure, sure. Did I? Uh, one second. No, I didn't. No, he, okay. he might have claimed he was at work when he was actually at the, at the, at the whorehouse. He was fucking syphilitic whores. Yeah. Uh, hookers, I should say. <laughs> that's not either uh, it's appropriate. Not for, yeah, it's not very chill. Uh, Lovecraft was born into wealth and privilege mm. uh, due to his father's his mother's father's uh, wealth. Okay. Um. Uh, by the way, his grandfather, Whipple Van Buren Phillips. Great name. Whipple. Whipple Van Whipple. Buren. Yes. Phillips. Phillips. Yes. Uh, Whipple suffered a string of business failures that eventually like ruined his family's fortune. Sure. Uh, so basically, at some point, like they had to like dismiss all their servants and and whatnot, and like Damn. and like move into like a duplex, which was much oh, more no. humbling. Um, also, because like when they were living together, it was it was Lovecraft, his mother, 
who was uh, unmarried at the time because his father got syphilis and died. Sure. And the grandfather, Whipple. Whipple. Great name. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lovecraft suffered some sort of mental collapse in high school. It's not really to explain exactly what it is. Interesting. Uh, but he's always been kind of like a, a kid who kind of exhibits kind of strange behaviors, let's say. Um Obviously, because his family has a history of mental illness, uh, but he claimed to suffer. Oh, wait. But uh, he actually attended but dropped out of Brown University, uh, claiming to suffer, quote, intense headaches, insomnia and general nervous weakness. Uh, and he was known to exhibit, quote, terrible tics. Sure. And so, he didn't have syphilis? No. Nah, well, he, that's the thing. Spoiler alert. Technically, I mean, well, then his mother would have died of syphilis, right? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Uh, I didn't. I, I, I cut this out of the notes because I kind of have a lot of notes. Um, his mother also was committed. Oh. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so it, it's a, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Lovecraft's first published poem was called Providence in 2000 AD. Oh. The poem envisions a future where people of English heritage were displaced by Irish, Italian, Portuguese, and Jewish immigrants. Oh, no. You're going to start to see a kind of trend here. Mm -hmm. Some of his earliest unpublished poetry were outright racist, such <laughs> as New England Fallen and On the Creation of the N-Word. Yes. Uh, Lovecraft wrote letters to pulp and weird fiction magazines, most notably to Argosy. Uh, Lovecraft often attacked writers, calling them uh, phrases like trivial and effeminate, and often pursued a racist agenda in his attacks. Sure. Uh, for years, Lovecraft split the readership of Argosy between readers who basically backed like Lovecraft's kind of like like super racist kind of like shit eaters and like people who like would not be that racist and like gotcha. would also be like this guy's an asshole uh interesting enough there's a writer called uh, john russell who would uh counter lovecraft's uh points in verse sure and uh, lovecraft would actually respond because lovecraft apparently had a lot of like mm -hmm. uh, uh, uh respect for uh, the guy john russell also wrote the song act naturally yes what are you what are you doing? That's, that's johnny russell johnny russell okay clearly it's not i was gonna say and i know it's not the same person it's like i don't no. know who that is <laughs> um go on weirdly shouting racist things in a magazine's comment sections got lovecraft a job oh <laughs> he got a lot, a lot of parallels hey man that's the uh, i mean clearly none of this is at all like similar like a hundred literally a hundred years later apparently it always works it always works also like honestly shouting racist things in like public forums will get you a job daniel should we be more racist is that how we'll get better gigs i mean yeah i guess so not to be not to be so political but that's that's kind of how the republican party works oh anyway <clears throat> take that dad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got involved in amateur journalism and remained a champion of a uh, champion of amateurism uh, against commercialism amateurism uh and, uh and he published his first prose piece uh the alchemist in an amateur press hmm. um many of his stories afterwards during like the height of his, the quote-unquote height of his uh, uh literary career were published by weird tales uh which wasn't like doing really good business at the time so essentially okay. just like buying up oh, any... around what year is this this is like uh i think what the alchemist i think was published in i want to say like 19 like around 1915 or so okay um and basically like it, his his literary career was essentially like 1915 ish to uh 19 i believe 35 okay um two years before he died i'll get to that in a moment but uh, but yeah, it was buying up basically anything otherworldly that Lovecraft was putting out, and also the readers of uh, uh, Weird Tales were not huge fans of Lovecraft. That's funny. That's going to be another recurring trend. Um, I love I love to see a side by side of what was the actual <laughs> kind of like material that sold well in Weird mm -hmm. Weird Tales versus Lovecraft's prose. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you would imagine something a little more, like, adventurous and romantic. Yeah, a little more like Conan. Yeah, like, Conan, because Conan was popular back in the day, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll get to that in a moment, but Lovecraft, uh, very good friends with Robert E. Howard, mm. Conan creator. Yeah. Uh, Lovecraft, oh, here it is. Uh, Lovecraft claimed- Did you say that Conan <clears throat> needed a friend? That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. I got it. Thanks. That's a nice one. Thank you, thank I had to think about this, because I was like, Conan needs a friend. I didn't read that much Conan. Oh. No. <laughs> Lovecraft claim yes. <laughs> the hostile reception to At the Mountains of Madness, mm. uh, quote, did more than anything to end uh, to end his uh, effective uh, fiction career. Interesting. Uh, which it wasn't even so much like the readership or I don't actually didn't really know about that. But apparently Weird Tales rejected it, oh. uh, which was like a, like a huge fucking like boom to him, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, like a blow to him? A blow to him. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. And uh, the editor at Astounding Stories, which actually published it, uh, harshly edited it. I see. Um, his, uh, final posthumous, uh, story published, uh, wait, non, I'm sorry. His final non-posthumous story published was The Haunter in the Dark in 1930, not, sorry, 1930, 
six. Okay. No, no, it's 35. I read that wrong. 1935. Uh, in 1936, Lovecraft's friend and, uh, and Conan the Barbarian creator Robert E. Howard committed suicide. Oh. When he was told his mother would not recover from her coma. Oh. Uh, and that like hugely affected Lovecraft. Uh, and for Lovecraft, uh, after refusing to see a doctor for months uh, of like serious pain and discomfort, uh, he went to the doctor and was diagnosed with terminal what was it? Uh, cancer of the small intestines. Oh wow! And died a month later without leaving the hospital. Uh, ironically, he was scared of hospitals, which is why he didn't go. And, mm, you know. <clears throat> another wonderful not parallel to today. One, <laughs> that's a good point. One uh, on his tombstone, uh, like a, a that's not, I don't know if it was tombstone or like his like monument or something like that. Uh, the letters uh, from his letter uh, reads and on the tombstone, uh, "I am Providence." Oh, because <laughs> he is Providence. Sure, which is a crazy thing for someone to say. Yeah, that that I am Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. <laughs> well, also that's that's a biblical quote. I am Providence. I believe so. Oh, is it? I didn't know. That. Mm-hmm. I think. I think that's. I think. Was Providence, like, was Providence really racist? <laughs> it must be. Okay. I guess so. Uh, lo- Damn Canaanites! All right, getting into more of his like literary things, and also time a bit uh, segueing into Call of Cthulhu. Lovecraft. Do it, bro. Lovecraft once wrote, uh, "There are my Poe pieces and my Dunsany pieces, but alas, where are my Lovecraft pieces?" Just mm. kind of like ironic because you know when you imagine Lovecraft, it's a very specific style. You yes. Know? But I think most people, when they picture Lovecraft, they don't realize his style, which is, I think, like, um, I was, yeah. not to interrupt you, no, no but I was watching a lovely, <laughs> this is kind of actually really annoying, a YouTube analysis <laughs> of um, Lovecraft's work, and the guy, oh. the guy said the word macabre over and over <laughs> again, and he said, um, like, Hernemis Bosque, and I'm like, God, uh, so yeah, he like mispronounced all the fucking words all yeah. over and over again. That's that's why I'll never be a YouTuber. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and he, he does point out that like that uh, he, he starts the video with this ridiculous animation. I think from a from like a Cthulhu video game of mm-hmm. like this adventure like black and white horror jump scare kind of thing. Uh-huh. And I think most people today are only dimly aware of Cthulhu, mm-hmm. but are not aware of how his prose worked, which was excessively boring prose <laughs> leading to shocking revelations. Yeah. And obviously he didn't, he, uh, oddly enough, like you often hear like tales of Cthulhu or tales of Lovecraft, even though he wasn't really like a storyteller, he was more just like a, like, let me describe something. Yeah. Like that was, I mean, how, that... how, how effective can you be writing the words? Oh, the madness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, yeah, that's, that, that's a good point. And like, oddly enough, um, I mean, I'll get into this, but like, I think Lovecraft and especially like the character Cthulhu is like more popular today than he's than either I've ever been. I think that's completely true. Um, I mean, if, if it's featured like Cthulhu's in the opening credits of Rick and Morty. Yeah, that, that yeah, Cthulhu is a pop hero essentially. Today. Yeah, there's pop figures of him. There's yeah. T-shirts of Cthulhu at Hot Topic. And, and we'll get into this later, but some of that could be like kind of. Funnily, uh, 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 not very well understood and kind of misinterpreted, but yeah, no, absolutely. We'll, we'll get into that in a moment. But going back to this, is that uh, basically like he refers to two of his biggest influence that basically he spent his entire career kind of like trying to write as, obviously Edgar Allan Poe, who, who he called the god of fiction. Um, and that's obviously very clear in like some of his more like gothic tales, like yeah, uh, like the one like, about um, the guy climbing the thing, the stranger, right? Is that what it was? I mean, is, is that what it's called? I think it was, yeah, I know. It's exactly yeah. the one that I go to. Me, yeah. it's like it's such a Poe story. Yeah, that absolutely <clears throat> is. Um, but so, uh, several like uh, stories like that. Uh, that's a Dunsany uh, <laughs> refers to Edward John Morton Drax Plunkett, the eighteenth Baron of Dunsany, aka Lord Dunsany. Sure. <clears throat> Much of Lovecraft's more fantastical pieces are attempts to write stories in in his style. Uh, and the guy apparently was so popular that uh, Ursula Le Guin once said that like the the a common error that all young writers do is they try to write like Lord Dunsany and she's like she's like don't do that. Meanwhile, she said that today people would be like, who the fuck is Lord Dunsany? Yeah, I have never heard of this person. Uh, you you can imagine him kind of having like a Hemingway esque like kind of like at some point everybody wrote like him and then now and then sure, like sure. post that people are like. Like, we're sick of people writing like Hemingway, and it's kind of the same thing with Dunsany, except people don't really know who he is anymore. Yeah, this is the, f- like, <clears throat> unless it was, like, a pulp creature, that character that, like, maybe his one of his characters ended up in, like, um, uh, 
League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? I probably, probably have no idea. Most definitely. Well, here's the thing is that like he he was like a generation like younger or sorry, older mm-hmm. than uh, than Lovecraft essentially, and he was writing like these fantastical stories based on like mythology from around the world. Yeah. Um and uh, I'll get into this uh I'll get into the, okay, let me get into Call of Cthulhu first. I'm going to get into that later. Sounds good. But the dude's really interesting. Um Call of Cthulhu, right? Yep. It was written in the summer of 1926, very important, uh, and published in Weird Tales of February 1928. 1926 was the same year of women's suffrage and the equal rights act i see wink wink nudge nudge sure uh shout out to uh the the, the spotify podcast or podcast podcast um mythical monsters which did an episode on cthulhu which is kind of i'll get into this later on like much later on because when i'm not tired of talking um, gotcha. but like kind of like agreed with something that I was originally thinking about Lovecraft and his whole story style mm-hmm. and everything like that. Um, some of the story's notable influences are Alfred Lord Tennyson's The Kraken. Sure. Uh, the War of the Worlds. Obviously. I think it's just War of the Worlds, actually. Yeah. Right? I think it's The War of the Worlds. I think it's, I think it's just War of the Worlds, right? And uh, The Gods of Pagana from Lord Dunsany. I believe it's pronounced Pagina. Pagina. There you go. Yes. Uh, which features Pagania, a... Pagania, go- I think. Which, what, which is basically... It is like... You can actually get it online for nothing, essentially. I mean, stories a million years old. Um, a hundred. Uh, and like, essentially like, it's just like a collection of like someone kind of doing like a fantastical, like Genesis story, like, like King James Bible, Genesis story of all, all fantastical things. It sounds very Lovecraftian because Lovecraft sure. was doing everything in that style. You know, I still think you and I should create, um, take public domain adventure serials and we just reenact them ourselves as all of the characters with some shockingly good audio production. All right. And a uh, shockingly good, uh, racist character voices. Yes. <laughs> yes. Cause the more racist, that's going to be a thing. Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Oof, boy. Uh, but also uh, the gods of Pagana uh, features a god constantly lulled to sleep to avoid the consequences of its reawakening. Just like an adventure time. I sc- yeah, exactly. I uh, skimmed the book, found it kind of boring, didn't read the whole thing. <laughs> uh, it's really short, too. It's not really a full like, novel. Um, Lovecraft stitter, uh, considered uh, Call of Cthulhu. Okay. Okay. Robert E. Howard considered the story to be a masterpiece. Like sure. he, he made like I think he was the one who said something like uh like years from now people will look back at this and think consider it one of like the highest achievements of literature which is kind of true it's true yeah. it's absolutely true it's a book title that people who aren't readers are aware of yeah it, it's yeah even it, if it's not necessarily because they know it's text yeah and uh yeah and I want to never fault anyone from finding this to be not a masterpiece uh mm. two more paragraphs real quick all about sure. uh, Cthulhu and Cthulhu mythos the call of Cthulhu has been partially adapted into other formats science fiction writer. Harlan Ellison co-adapted mm. the story into issue 88 of Marvel's The Avengers. Oh. Yeah. I have no idea what that would be like, but that involved Harlan Ellison and The Avengers. Sure. No, hey, great ones and shit are all, are all over um, uh, comics, even, even the main guys. I, I, I guess. I can't imagine that. I don't know. Still, uh, there's a 2005 silent short film by the name that uh, sounds pretty cool. You can watch it on YouTube. I got kind of bored of it, but what are you going to do? Uh-huh. Um, the 2020 film Underwater was half-acidly tweaked to feature Cthulhu at the That's end. That's awful. If anyone knows, basically imagine like any, like it is a very, is a very well-made monster story, like science fiction monster story, kind of like an alien ripoff, let's say. Or sure. Anything like 50s science fiction or whatever. Um, but at the end, it's like when they're going to design the alpha monster that shows up at the, in the end of the third act, they're like at some point they're like, what if we just made it Cthulhu? And they're okay. like, okay. And they made it Cthulhu. So Cthulhu just like shows up at the end. Gotcha. <clears throat> just like strolls in, bathrobe open, yeah. holding a cup of coffee. With his dick out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Metallica has several songs based on Lovecraft's writings. You don't say. Including The Call of Cthulhu, uh, among others. Um, many video games are based on or inspired by the Cthulhu mythos, including the very, very mediocre, uh, 2018 Call of Cthulhu, the official video game, which looks stupid mm-hmm. as fuck and apparently is. And, uh, some games that are very inspired by Lovecraft's writings, such as sure. 2015's Bloodborne, which is amazing. Cool. Uh, the name Cthulhu mythos was invented by Lovecraft's protege, August Derleth. Uh, the mythos is broken down to two stages. The first stage being stories written by Lovecraft or under his guidance during his lifetime. And like, you know, the second stage basically being like, you know, anyone else who did it after he died. Sure, absolutely. Primarily August Derleth was like a major uh, Cthulhu mythos writer. Gotcha, gotcha. Derleth actually invented uh, the Elder Gods, which were a race of ancient uh, good gods, which were opposed to Lovecraft's great old ones, mm. uh, which included Cthulhu and were essentially just all bad. Like there were no good, there's no good big force in the universe it's just yeah. bad shit yeah and honestly like that, that's that's cute i guess <laughs> <laughs> my, my brain is like it wasn't the purpose that the, like that there's only yes, only exactly. an indifferent <laughs> like a uh, like nefariousness out there to have there be a good counterpart is, mis- is missing the point entirely yeah yeah no 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's exactly no, August. Yeah, true. It, it, it's been like a kind of complaint about the direction that Cthulhu mythos went in after, like post Lovecraft, where essentially like the very first opening paragraphs of Call of Cthulhu, which I'll have you explain in a moment, oh, dear. Is, is this wonderful description of like if like man is man's mind is this is this tiny little island surrounded by a black sea of the unknown. Yeah. And that like we're safe because we're on that tiny little island. Mm-hmm. And it's like. But Open now, it too wide and you'll lose your mind. Now and then there's also a good sea right over there. I don't yeah, know. that's it, so stupid. Doesn't make sense. But Gabriel, mm-hmm. I, I talked for a long time. Yes, you did. Thank you for dealing with that. Hey. Do you mind? All informative. Do you mind doing the very fun, joyous task of recounting the Call of Cthulhu? Gosh, honestly, not too much happens in it. I mean, again, these um these Lovecraft stories, at least the ones we've read, are often for their first person accounts, very lengthy, almost academically written, or they or they seem a little epistolary sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it's like a like a long journal. I think um think Bram Stoker's Dracula, the original Dracula, yeah, <clears> where <throat> you're, you're there, it's just someone recounting all the events, and then when it takes a turn for the scary, it kind of like shakes it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But still, how how scary can you be when you're writing firsthand what's happening to you? Yeah. Unless it's like that Stephen King story where the guy gets more and more fucking crazy on like on heroin. Anyway, which one's that? Some uh, Soul Survivor or something like that. Oh, are you talking about um Revival? No, it's a short story. Okay, I was gonna say Revival's great. Revival yeah. straight up is a love has a Lovecraftian ending well, and everything. Tight. Okay. Anyway, so basically, the Call of Cthulhu follows a young man. I guess he's young. We don't know that much about him. I just assume everyone in the story has beards. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Probably a middle-aged guy. Big wizard beard. This person uncovers the writings of his uncle, a great uncle, a professor. Mm-hmm. The professor was going through a very long investigation into multiple facets of some strange cult and a base relief. A, some kind of little statue. I burped. I just want to say, I in my I always pronounce it Baz relief. My, is it? Is it? I, <laughs> I don't, don't know. I actually don't know. Ba- it's like Basil. 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 I don't know. Basil Rathbone. So right into us, everyone. Right into us, Sean. Anyway, um, so this professor investigates kind of three aspects of this strange cultish culture. Mm-hmm. First of all, there's a young artist named Wilcox who came to the professor and is like, "Hey, I painted this thing." And I don't know what it is, and it kind of freaked me out. Mm-hmm. And the professor's like, huh, well, that is pretty weird. And it looks like a fucking squid guy. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. Well, what's Hitler doing here? <laughs> what, what's Hitler doing here? Switchery <laughs> Stewart. Anyway, so he, um, the, and then the next part, he goes down to a conference down in St. Louis where he's talking to other, like, antiquarians and anthropologists. Mm-hmm. And the police detective shows up there being like, hi, does anyone know anything about the statue? Yeah, Lagrasse. Yeah, Inspe- Inspector Lagrasse. Yeah. And um, they look at the statue, which was recovered during this raid into the dark, deep swamps filled with impure blood people and mm-hmm. mongrels. And I'm like, mm-hmm. come on, Howard. God. <laughs> so... Um, Inspector Lagrasse and his police and his um like police force, mm-hmm. they enter like the backwoods and interrupt a depraved, crazy orgy of flames and corpses hanging out there, mm-hmm. and they're all worshiping this little statue. It's like a foot high statue, and it describes Cthulhu basically, this strange octopus-headed, humanoid, dra- like draconic, winged thing sitting like down, crouching down. Literally draconic. Yes, literally <laughs> yes. draconic, and uh and then. Well, they like most of the people they capture just won't talk. They won't speak, and the only ones sane enough to speak are, are hanged. <laughs> and um, they find out some more information, the inspector and the professor, about how there's also a culture in Greenland with the Eskimos, <laughs> who also worship this strange elder god. Eskimos notoriously evil. Seriously fucking evil. Yeah. It's their eyes. Yeah, totally. That's yeah. What I, <laughs> anyway, so Professor does more research, and then like he finds out that some people, like down there, an old old Puerto Rican man named Castro, is like, I traveled the world. I went to China, and I hear all about this strange, great old one society. These things who have existed from beyond the black, mm-hmm. and their leader Cthulhu, the priest who will summon blah 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 blah. Anyway, the final bit of evidence comes in when. Um, the professor discovers a an account of a sailor who his um him and his his crew they were some like piloting down near New Zealand mm-hmm. when they come across some like pirates who are like turn back now 
And when they don't do it, they kill them. And um, the professor tracks down the the sailor's first person account. He died, by the way, along with everyone else involved. Everyone died. Yeah, uh, There's, there may be a conspiracy afoot. There might be a conspiracy, or they died of being crazy. Yeah, which commonly happens. Yeah. And people die of hysteria all the time. I mean, one of them, according to Howard Phillips, was pushed by an African American sailor, and that killed him. Yeah, wasn't that a uh, that that's that's what it was opens jostled. the story? It was yeah. jostled. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, wasn't that a uh, wasn't that the the main characters like uncle or uncle yeah or whatever, he's the one whatever it is okay yeah, yeah so that's, that's anyway okay um and so the first person account of the sailor they come they find an island that's kind of come up the slimy strange island that emerged after an earthquake gross yeah it's gross and it's weird all the architecture is strange and they finally come across a giant set of doors mm-hmm. they manage to open the doors a little bit and guess who comes a calling Bill Cosby. It's oh, <laughs> worse in a way. I mean, Bill Cosby is anyway. He's so a, they discover Cthulhu. He's a real Cthulhu. This giant monstrous presence. Some of the guys die on sight seeing it. They mm-hmm. just their minds can't capture it. Some of them get eaten by Cthulhu or something. Mm-hmm. And the sailor manages to escape by charging his boat into Cthulhu's head. Yeah, like the two the two people like pilot the boat like directly at Cthulhu and like. Sh- blow through it and they blow through his head but then he just reforms and then like dips yeah and he's like out of here yeah like so apparently cthulhu can't be killed which is you know even better can't be killed also can't be bothered to chase you too much yeah like oh fuck i'll get it later (laughs) and um and that's the end of the story the sailor died um the professor died and now our narrator is like and so i read all this and if i die whoop He's like, I know too much. Exactly. The end. Story ends. That's it. That's the story of the Call of Cthulhu. Yes. Call of Cthulhu, which is basically the foundation of the Cthulhu mythos. It's basically a man reading three journals. Yes. Three journals. Uh, None of the characters are at all, like, they could essentially be like the same guy. They have names. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They really matter. But Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. I have some thoughts, but I don't want to get into them too much. Because huh? I think we need to go on break. Okay. We come back. Tight. We need, we need, we're going to do a game. We're going to play a you game. you prepared for a us. A fun game, I hope. And then and then we'll see. And then we'll, then we'll go to break and then we, do, then we do feelings, right? Okay, right. cool. Ready? Throw the break. And we're back. Hi. Two slow readers. I'm still Gabe. And I'm still Daniel. Oh, yeah, you are. Sorry, stifling a burp. Gross. Uh, I'm sorry. I just ate. Tom Tom Hoyts. Gabriel, I believe we have a game. Yes, we do. And Gabriel, can you please tell us about this game that you've wonderfully prepared for us? So first and foremost, Daniel, you got your sound effects ready? Uh, no. Yeah. Student post. Okay, fine. Student fucking posts are better that way. Anyway, Daniel. So we're gonna get into this, and longtime listeners of the show know da, I'm da, not da. really a fan of Lovecraft. Oh. That I love the I love the mythos, but him himself. I don't really get it. He's a fucking wait, racist. Well, you mean you're not a fan of like Lovecraft himself? Yeah, he <laughs> okay. hated Asians, which is not a good call for me. And um, uh, but I am fascinated by him, which is why I have a copy that I got from the wonderful Iliad Bookshop here in sunny California. Mm-hmm. A copy of the Necronomicon. Ooh! This is not a bit. I in fact have this si- this silly, <laughs> wonderful, like jokey looking paperback necronomicon well you know what i want to say like i think if you go on amazon you could probably get like a real gimmicky looking one with like a leather cover and like stupid pen yours is like a real cheap looking 80s style like mass paper it's neon it's fucking here dan i'll take a photo of it please because honestly it's 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 goofy and i love it and the back the back pull quote is this is the testimony of all that i have seen and all that i have learned for this is the book of the dead the book of the black earth that i've written down at the peril of my life okay. and it's like an 80s font <laughs> so i love it yeah but you know so i've paged through this thing i think it's a real lark i like satanic shit this is kind of you know who i am okay. i grew up catholic but Part of what I love the most about this kind of lore, the kind of Christian lore, is demons. Yeah. And so there is a there is a portion, there's a chapter in this book that is titled, um, oh boy, there's a lot of them. Entitled <laughs> The Book of Fifty Names. Uh-huh. These detail the fifty names of Marduk, the feeder of the ancient ones. Who is kind of so? This is the book of Marduk, begotten of our master Enki, Lord of Magicians, who did defeat Tiamat, known as Kur, known as Huawa, in magic combat, who defeated the ancient ones, and the elders may live and rule the earth. Ugh. All sorts of crazy fucking nonsense. I feel like it just read me like the like a, a battle description in Final Fantasy. Really, pretty much. Yeah. So 
Um, Daniel, as you can see here, there's a bunch of different sigils, and all each one is a description of a name of one of Marduk's 50 names. Okay. <laughs> now, Daniel, what we're going to do. Okay. I am going to read you a fucking gibberish name, like Doga, or Marduk, Ishinagarab, Iak Exastor, and you're going to tell me, is it a name of Marduk, or is it an anagram slash jumbled name of an author from the Strand 80 list. Okay. All right. And you get a bonus point if you can guess who the author is, if you guess the thing. Okay, so it's either a Mor- Morgoth. It's either a Marduk, like <laughs> like weird lore magician monster name, mm-hmm. or it is an author, Like, and I picked only ones you are yourself familiar with from the Strand 80, and their names are jumbled. Okay, like like as in like it's all the letters, but just like mixed Completely around. jumbled, yes. Uh, okay, all right. Okay, Daniel, are you ready? Yes, I am. <laughs> Let's do this. Cue the music. Here's your first name, Daniel. I will not spell them for you. Okay. Logal Demarankia. Say it again. Logal Demarankia. Is that a name of Marduk? Or is that a Strand 80 author's name jumbled? Uh, I'm going to guess Morgok. Mar Marduk. Marduk. Daniel. Hit that correct button. Yeah! That is the fifth name. Put order into chaos. Made the waters aright. Commander of legions of wind demons who fought the ancient Tiamat alongside Marduk Kroyos. The word used at his calling is Banutuku. This is a seal. Uh, It looks kind of like a dog. Oh, that's nonsense, whatever. It's all fucking gibberish. (laughs) Here's your next one, So that book has nothing to do with Lovecraft. No, Lovecraft wrote most of it. Oh, he did? Yeah, he wrote this. Okay. He wrote a large portion of it anyway. Right, I'll take a look on that afterwards. Yeah, it's Lovecraft's Necronomicon. Alright. Okay. Here is your next option. Asaru Alamunana. Repeat the name, please. Asaru Alamunana. If I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna take a wild guess. Take your wildest of guesses. I'm gonna bro. guess that's a strand author. No idea who. Okay, Daniel. That is incorrect. Okay. That is the twelfth name, Asuraulana. This is the power that presideth over armor of all kinds and is excellently knowledgeable in military matters, being of advanced army of Marduk at that battle. Can I see that name? Sure. He can. Prov- Let me make sure there's no other names that I used. He can provide an army if its entire weaponry in three days. His word is Banatatu, and this seal is thus. It looks kind of like the peace symbol. As Asaralumana. Yes. Whatever. All right. <laughs> next question. Here's your How next question. How many are there? There are seven. Okay. Here's your next one. All right. You clam Ew, clam for Lafunaya. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna guess that's a that's a book of Marduk. It's a book of Marduk. Yeah. Daniel, you are incorrect. Okay, all right. That is the name William Faulkner, jumbled. <laughs> can't tell the difference. Yeah, no, we really can't. Ew, clam for Also, so far at one point. You're at one point. Okay, next one, please. Your next one. Juk Repeat the name. Juk Rikayok. Uh, I'm gonna guess that's Marduk. Daniel? Mm-hmm. You are incorrect. Okay. That was Jack Kerouac. Okay. Can't tell the difference. Yeah. Daniel, here's a little hint for you because it looks like I, I didn't even realize this and maybe that was my app that I used. <laughs> okay. If it's an author, the first and last letters of their full names are the same. The first and last letters of the... Of their full name are the same. So okay. Joe right. Correa, Kyle Cook, is, yeah, Jack Kerouac, J and C is still remains. Uh, okay. Okay, Daniel, are you ready? Okay. Here's your next one. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not killing this game. No, I'm not. But here's your next one. Lugalab Dubur. Repeat the name, please. Lugalab Dubur. Is that a Legion of Marduk? Marduk. <laughs> Daniel? Mm-hmm. You are correct! Hey! That one is. Uh, the 36th name. Destroyer of the gods of Tiamat. Vanquisher of, of her hordes. Chained Cthulhu to the abyss. Oh. Oh, good for I her. missed that one. Fought Azagthoth with a skill. The great defender and the great attacker. 
His word is Agnibal. And the seal is this. It looks like an H with an extra leg. See, that sounds like a Durlith thing. Because some some other god, like, chained Cthulhu to the abyss? Ah, I don't know. Yeah, all right, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe he didn't write all of it. Well, his name's not on the cover. Yeah, well, it's in the, it's somewhere in here. Also, he never wrote, uh, yeah, he never wrote it. It's on the cover. H.P. Lovecraft himself denied the book's existence. Wait, <laughs> hold on a minute. Yeah, no, that, there's, that, there's, there's elements in here of this. Yeah, there there are elements. And I, I think could it's, be totally it's, wrong. it's based on the Lovecraft stuff, but I don't th- I don't think he wrote it. Oh, never mind then. Yeah, but it starts with Cthulhu calls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right, here's your next one, Dan. Eshren Temniagui. Repeat the name, please. Eshren Temniagui. That is clearly Harper Lee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to guess that that's Mordok. Oh, Daniel? Yes. It was Harper Lee. No, it's not. <laughs> but that was a strand name. Okay, so that. Uh, so oh, actually, here, I'm not that you know that. Do you want to guess what the name is? Uh, it begins with an A and ends with a Y. Yeah, and starts with an E. Starts with an E. Begins. Eshrin Temniaugui. Uh, Emily Bronta? No. Uh, one more try to redeem yourself. There's uh, one more question for this one. Oh, um, what? Oh, what's that E lady with the fucking... Uh, Eshren Temniaugui. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's her name? Oh, God. Damn it. Uh, I don't know. I'll give up. The answer, Daniel, is Ernest Hemingway. Oh, Ernest Hemingway? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, and here's your final one, Daniel. Okay. okay. I got two points so far. Yeah, you do. Okay. Silatva. 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 Begins with a C? Begins with an S. Begins with an S. Silatva. I'm going to guess that's Strand, and I'm going to guess that's Sylvia Plath. Daniel, give yourself two points. Yeah, that's four. So I think you win? Yeah, sure. Yeah. (laughs) I got over... I got over 50%. Yeah, over half. Great job, Daniel. Woo! You won the game. I managed to really drag myself out of the mud in that one. Yeah. All right. Jesus Christ. Good job, Daniel. All right. You nailed it. Gabriel, good job making that game. It was crazy and weird. Woo! Uh, that's it. We go to break. Mm-hmm. When we come back, we're going to talk about our feelings. Our feelings? Now, Gabriel, throws to break. All right. I'm on it. Welcome back. Hi. Dear listener reader. What's up? To... Cthulhu. You're still Daniel. I'm. You're still Gabe. That's right. And this is still Slow Readers. Rose Leaders. Gabriel. Yep. So, our feelings. Mm-hmm. Call of Cthulhu. No. Uh, if, if you don't mind, do you mind if I uh, if I say something about how I feel about this first? Go ahead, there, buddy. S- sorry to so uh, ungentlemanly. Is this the uh, return uh, of Diarrhea Dan, your famous character? <laughs> Diarrhea, di- Diarrhea Dan. <laughs> I forgot what happened to him. He was a good. He character. died. He died. Oh, he died. That's right. Yeah. Diarrhea was. I mean, it was a serious. Yeah, it thing. was dysentery. Oh, that's too bad. I forgot mm-hmm. he died. Uh, but no. Um, so Call of like Lovecraft in general is like such an author. I mean, for some, for a guy who personally influences me, he's an author who I just do not enjoy reading. Yeah. And there are stories that he's written that I actually enjoy. Like, I like the one about the phone call, uh, about, about the guy who, well, it's not a phone call, but the guy, they're going like grave robbing or whatever. And the guy goes down the grave and then his, his, his communications gradually peter out. And then it ends if the other one on the other side being like, he's not here anymore. Yeah, that one. That was an all right one. That was one of his post stories, you can tell. Yeah. Oddly enough, uh, I looked at this, and apparently a lot of the stories that I liked were his quote-unquote Dunsany stories, Ooh. like uh, The Cats of Ulthor, The White Ship, and uh, and especially uh, The Doom That Came to Sarnath, which is, like, for me, the most Lovecraftian story that, I, that I'd that i like. And, and you know... That I, one always sounds like a country song to me again. Doom That Came to Sarnath? It's like the devil came to Georgia? Yeah, I guess, I guess so. Um... But yeah, Call of Cthulhu. Man, the story's boring, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, I I got a little more into this one. Uh-huh. I found Shadows Over Innsmouth to be very boring to me. I, I, yeah, and this one I could actually like. I had to I had to bear down, focus, of no music playing. I had to sit down and read this thing like word for word. Yeah, fine. I, I think that these these books these, these are some like some like kind of like reading like older literature that you're not necessarily into. Where like kind of like reading what happens in them is, mm-hmm. is you had to do that first before reading it. Yeah. Uh, or in my case, listening to it because I was, try listening to the audiobook, which is part of the complete H.P. Uh, Lovecraft stories, uh, read by a very a variety of uh, readers and everything like that. And the guy did a fin- fantastic fine job and everything, but. but 
Yeah, I mean, how about this? Like the fact that like at the end, uh, the the two surviving sailors ran the ship into Cthulhu's head. This is like the second or third time I've like quote unquote read the story, and I'm like, that happens. Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, All right. Like, they're, they're, like he tried to put in an element of heroism randomly in there. They, he tried to. It's like this will make it intense. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I. I uh... It's, but then again, like the first, the like the first paragraph or two, or some like the best shit that Lovecraft's ever written. It mm-hmm. like beautifully summarizes like his kind of whole concept of terror and yeah. truly cosmic terror. Um, and the description, the description of the fact that this is a story about investigating a cult, and at the end you see this thing that the cult is making, and it's like this giant doomsday cosmic beast that's in the yeah. ocean, is fucking cool as shit. No, I I like a lot of these descriptions when yes. it starts going there, but like the whole adventure into the swamps, as racist as it all is, yeah, and also the descriptions racist. of the guy like approaching the island, like mm-hmm. the slimy stones, the weird like offset architecture it's all fascinating like that this all came from his imagination is wonderful yeah um uh speaking of uh the writing style is that apparently lovecraft uh his father like ingrained in him uh a word he's his father was an extreme anglophile sure uh so apparently like uh his father made sure lovecraft was like just you know British English is the only English. Americanisms are trash. Sure. So that kind of describes his kind of like really stuffy, like looking down at looking down at you through his nose, like kind of like just language and usage. And like yeah. it sounds like someone almost trying too hard to sound up to sound smart. Sometimes. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, which is kind of crazy because if you think about like, oh man. If you didn't have that, these stories would actually be like readable. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I do maintain again that like like here's always my problem, my, my deal with Lovecraft mm-hmm. that they don't work if not they're not. A, yeah, yeah <laughs> they need to be more racist. No, okay. they don't work if they're not boring. That the like the boring mm-hmm. is a feature, not a bug. Mm-hmm. That he is lulling you into a sense of normalcy, of utter drab normalcy, and the way his horror like touches you is because he establishes so clearly an element of drab of mm-hmm. nothing can happen because this is boring and like intellectual but when when because we establish so clearly that these are smart people who are everyday folks when the supernatural touches them it's so extreme a thing to happen that it's jarring yeah and and uh, you know what? i'm actually gonna slightly almost disagree with you that's I, I fine can, i can kind of see that but and, and uh, like because no i totally get that we're like lovecraft needs I think Lovecraft works when he sounds like academic. Yes. I mean, that's what it's supposed to feel like. It's supposed to feel like, hey, here's, here is, and this is kind of going to go to my thesis about Lovecraft in general later on. It's supposed to be like the height of like academia and like basically like the, the knowledge of great men. Mm-hmm. And like they come across something that they, that like defeats them because they realize that they're, that like the human mind is so tiny compared to this great well of horror. And, you know, yeah. Um, but, uh, but also like, I I feel like it's like I don't know if Lovecraft necessarily tries to be boring on purpose so much as that he just kind of is boring. Um, okay. I, I want to compare that to like we did uh, Roberto Bolaño uh, sure. a few episodes ago, and like there was a, a really awesome quote that described Bolaño's writing as like in a uh, an oasis of horror uh, in a desert of boredom. Mm-hmm. Um, because like those stories, like his horror sneaks up on you in like in, in such a fucking way. Like uh, I read the story called Last Evenings on Earth, and is the story that is so fucking truthful and so uh, i can relate to so much that it's cringy about a very a very young bolaño going on vacation with his dad to the beach okay bolaño is like a young serious poet he's a serious boy mm-hmm. does like he just like sighing and being like i don't want to do you know like without like sounding like like a character sure. he, he's that kid like, yeah, that's what know. that's what your business card says daniel serious boy yes i'm a serious boy uh mm-hmm. and like his dad shows up and like the wonderful description of his dad going up to like the hotel person is like, by the way, where can we get whores? Oh my. And like, Roberto is just like kind of quiet and awkward. Uh-huh. And like, you know, when he's like, I don't want to do it. And the dad's like, you don't want whores? Mm-hmm. And you know, like that. Yeah. So that's but, cool. But, and it sounds, it's kind of boring and kind of goes on and you're just like, where is this going? And after a while, you're just like, is this a story about how his dad's going to be killed? Like it's glee, it's giving information, and although it never has that explicit scene, it is the entire buildup to that happening. Oh wow! And once you see that coming, you just kind of get like a chill, and then as it starts to unfold, you're just like, "Oh my god, what?" That's, that's pretty cool. It, yeah, it's kind of amazing, but it it is like like halfway through, like it hits you, and then up until then, it's like a little slow. But um, and not that again, not that Lovecraft needs to be exactly like Blonio, of course. But like, like, um, 
I, I would say the Love- art form has moved forward. Yeah, I, I also say like Lovecraft is is still just kind of like a creaky boat. I don't know. <laughs> That's very fair. Yeah. I mean, I think like, I think everyone can really agree. Anyone who, like, if anyone like wants to argue that this is like the best writing <laughs> ever, I mean, like, I don't think you're right, homie. Like, yeah. the 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 pole is the imagination, it's the images, mm-hmm. but the actual prose itself, it's it's fine. Yeah, and inc- it's, yeah. It, it 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 has desperately shown its age. Uh, I read a I read a recent review on like Amazon somewhere of like a Lovecraft story mm-hmm. and it was like one star and the person was like, "Huh, adjectives, adjectives, adjectives." <laughs> or something like that. And I was just like, "What the fuck?" Wow. It's like what's the I don't know. Like as much as like I kind of agree but like what do you, I don't know. It's like explaining about. Yeah, are, are you trying to be fucking like? Do you think you're better than him? Or like, it's a, Jesus. It's, it's the idea about like pointing out that Lovecraft like kind of really loved his really bizarre and like fucking tremendous adjectives and everything like that is like I don't know, being like man, this poetry is very poetry. Yeah, you know? like, I don't know. Come on, people. <laughs> it's fucking weird. But um, oh no, I just wanted to say one last thing about Call say of Cthulhu. one last thing. Is that like, uh, oh, because I always wanted to ask you, and I think I asked you this already, and I found it surprising before I actually get into that. Yeah. Um, Gabe, do you like any Lovecraft stories? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I, um, I, uh, I love, I, like I said, I love the mythology. Uh-huh. I love the mythos. I love the the, the iconography of it all. Uh, what about the the one about the guy climbing, the stranger? Um, I like guy climbing. Yeah, that one's But fun. They're, they're not very good. I don't know. <laughs> it's, 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 it's. Am I glad I read them? Good, yes. Mostly because I want to be able to say that I read them, mm-hmm. but that's the most I got out of it. Yeah. Like, I don't enjoy reading him. Yeah. I, I just like the world he built. Uh-huh. I mean, but it, there's nothing actually enjoyable about reading this for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, what about you? Uh, no, well, for the most part, I am like that. Like, yeah, I, you know, honestly, like Lovecraft's biggest stories, I've had problems reading this Shadow of Rainsmith. At the Mountains of Madness, which mm-hmm. if you had a description of it, it sounds like the coolest fucking thing in the world. Sure. And then you read it and like, it's it's one of his, lo- it's a novella. It's like a longer story, but like a quarter of the way through, you're just like, I can't take this anymore. I guess that's the fascinating <laughs> thing that, that I think that if, if there's an artist, if there is a writer, a creator who has mimed his thing, and I, I feel taking it to the absolute next level, it's mm-hmm. Junji Ito. It's the wonderful mm-hmm. fucking like mangaka who made Uzumaki and... uh um, Gyo and all these other wonderful bits of like absolute pulse pounding horror that's completely rooted in the real world yeah. and the fear is always of the complete unknown it's something that's familiar and it becomes fucking nightmarish uh-huh. and like um, I love I remember we did Uzumaki for the show yeah. Ryan Snyder did not care for it because Ryan has no patience oh. had no patience but Ryan also didn't like uh, what, what were you say that he didn't like I forget. It was something like really. It was a bummer. Like why didn't he like, like Eastern that? Promises or something? Like no, that? he loved Eastern Promises. Right, it was something else. But I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. But anyway, that like if if you like, um, I mean Uzumaki is the perfect example mm-hmm. that builds to this complete, very Lovecraftian, um, ending that that you descend deeper into the into the maze and like it's this fucking disgusting, absurd, terrifying monolithic city of spirals, mm-hmm. and. There's nothing you do about it. You just die. <laughs> you go nuts and you die. Yeah. And that that's you don't it, and that's all of it because that's all you can comprehend and I think it's gorgeous and his work is this I think in my mind it's everything good about Lovecraft done better. Yeah. Very no, very true. And similarly, I think some of like the best Lovecraftian stuff is the stuff that's greatly influenced by mm. Lovecraft. Yeah. And you find like Stephen King, George R R Martin, uh, uh, video games today, like not so much like the official video games, which always tend to be pretty fucking bad. Yeah. Um, but like there are lots of video games out there, and I'm, I'm feel like I'm forgetting a lot. Like Amnesia. At this point, it's just yeah, like Amnesia, Silent Hill, Silent Hill. Uh, you know, again, Blood, uh, Bloodborne. Like the game, like there are games out there that that like Lovecrafting is better as an adjective and a type of horror than yeah. it is like a story. I mean, um, we, we like, like, like literature and fiction owe him everything for creating yeah. cosmic horror. Cause cosmic horror is the best kind of horror. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. I, I love cosmic horror. I, I kind of use some elements and stuff in the stuff that I do and everything, mm-hmm. but like, I'll never want to necessarily do something that is a Lovecraft story, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, George R. R. Martin, uh, wonderfully it, in like, in like the kind of like big world of, uh, the a song of ice and fire, okay, game of Thrones. Um, 
that basically like it, the farther east you go, like where like essentially like the map ends. I forgot the name of the city, but it is essentially like this Tokyo. It is like this this destroyed like black kind of like beyond like the reaches of civilization city that is essentially like for lack of a better term like it, it is like a Lovecraft city mm-hmm. and, cool. and everything like that. And just knowing the fact that like in the world like the kind of like map ends there is just like oh that's so fucking interesting and that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I can bring back a last a last note of horror kind of fiction that I'm that I'm fascinated by, going back to Junji Ito a little bit, uh-huh. that if Junji Ito kind of combines the familiar, like the suburban with the cosmic, there is another um uh, one of my favorite YouTubers, Super Eye Patch Wolf, did this brilliant little breakdown of this manga. I think it just ended, and it looks like the fucking scariest thing I've ever seen, <laughs> and it's just it's the it's the complete horror of. Um, someone you know, very familiar to you, showing a side of themselves that is so unbearable to witness that mm-hmm. it fills you with bone-chilling terror. Okay. I'll show you the video when we're done with this. It's about, yeah, it's, I think that he titled it, um, the manga that breaks people. <laughs> it's about, it's a manga called Trail of Blood, I believe. Uh-huh. Boring title, but the art and the storytelling in it, like, it, I, I can't wait to read it. Yeah. Watching the video makes me want to <clears throat> throw up because it freaks me out. Jesus Christ, yeah. It sounds awesome. Send that my way. It sounds awesome. Yeah, let's watch it when we're done. Um, that said, uh, I, there's one little thing I want to say, and it's all about the kind of, like, thing, that kind of misinterpretation of uh, Cthulhu and Lovecraft's cosmic horror and essentially now i've kind of muttered this before in the past to like you and maybe other people and everything like that but i didn't mutter are you but like because like i was i was thinking like maybe i just don't understand lovecraft all that much but when i i mentioned that podcast episode of mythical monsters on cthulhu uh even they say it where it's like oh you know cosmic horror is just kind of it's based around a time and was created especially during the time where essentially like white male and white men didn't was still like the only keepers of like power and wealth and information and everything like that because again when call of cthulhu was written equal rights act women's suffrage uh lovecraft not a fan of women or people of color um and like and if you think about love if you think about the horror of lovecraft the idea about like realizing that like you're not the center of the world your grip is slipping is based on lovecraft's kind of like xenophobia and racism and like the idea like his uh uh you know hell is essentially mm-hmm. like a brooklyn filled with people who aren't white you know yeah i mean how dare i mean because he his kind of racism is specifically was was like called like nativism oh sure which is essentially and this is and this should sound ironic to everybody mm-hmm. but is essentially like white americans who like in like the end of like the 19th century and early 20th century and probably still today um are like are like hey you white immigrants get out of here we were born here oh man and that and i know you're just thinking like <laughs> yeah go back to where you came from howard yeah like so it doesn't make any sense but like that very much was like a mindset of the time and clearly lovecraft was his 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 times uh idea of like an internet troll yeah Obviously, absolutely he was that guy yeah he he would have made pandemic. <laughs> yeah he would have totally he would have uh he would have been selling fake cures exactly <laughs> he, he would have been peddling silver nitrates oh my god he would have uh he would have called a a, a black journalist uh hey i'm not arguing with that n-word uh yeah. which is what roger stone he, he'd, just he'd make red pill videos yeah totally um, but like, but I, it, that is kind of like an interesting thing to think that like, that's where that, this idea of it is a fascinating idea that his, that a very modern fear, mm-hmm. like, like a very, in, like an instrumental and in shaping uh, influential fear, mm-hmm. like genre came from base xenophobia. Yeah. Just like a very, uh, paranoid xenophobic, just like absolute racism and everything like that. Like that, that's kind of where it all comes from. And yeah, no, that's just an interesting thing because uh, I've, I've heard, I watched a video before that was all about how, um. Lovecraftian horror is like definitely the horror for today. Like mm. people are connecting with it in a way. Yeah, I can see that. Which obviously isn't like how it connected with maybe Lovecraft back in the day. Yeah, but like hey, he wasn't popular when he was alive. No, he was not popular. People hated him. People hated him. <laughs> people hated him. I mean, his stories were boring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd hate him if I met him. If if yeah, well, he's worse off. Yeah, he was also a very. He'd be like get away from me, you yellow fiend. Yeah, he wouldn't be a fan. Uh, people have written, and it's kind of like hearing that Hitler had a Jewish friend. Where like. <laughs> We're like it's like Lovecraft. Like that how, sounds like a fucking sketch idea. Hitler had a Jewish friend. Yeah, Hitler had a Jewish friend. I mean, yeah, it is essentially Hitler being like, I'm not racist. I have a Jewish friend. <laughs> yeah, this, this is guy. my friend Herschel. Herschel's the man. <laughs> Herschel's awesome, and Herschel being like, I am friends with Adolf Hitler. <laughs> yes, I definitely roomed with him one summer. <laughs> we write a letter every now and again. <laughs> it is. It, it, 
It, but no, like, yeah, no. It, he, yeah. Hey, let's make that sketch, Daniel. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I'll be Hitler because I'm browner. There you go. That's that's a safe thing to do. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> Gabriel, but that's said, uh, let's stop talking about uh, Hitler. Adolf Hitler's <laughs> sketches. What's Hitler doing here? Let's do let's do uh, a little thing we like to do brought to us by our old buddies from the whip around podcast on the east coast it's a neat everybody please check out the whip around podcast for all your weird news needs every whip around wednesday mm-hmm, hosted mm-hmm. by our dear friend shawnee b horny and dr phil laporta so horny talking about all things macabre and scientific macabre Maca- m- macabre macabre uh gabriel years from now yeah when you were, when you remember having read call of cthulhu and i also, read call of cthulhu i'm sorry also have you read it have you quote unquote read it before i quote unquote read it before okay did you did you have any hazy memories or do you have any now i don't know oh geez honestly i'm i might remember honestly here's the thing i'm gonna take away it's so there's a part where they ran, ram a boat into his head yeah like big shit like that happens and yeah. like and i'm like really that's part of that is lovecraft lore that at one point a man runs a boat into cthulhu's head yeah okay and it, and he just like reforms and then just like like, fucks off. Yeah, fucks off back to his house. Well, wasn't the idea, is the idea that the um that like basically the the cult essentially didn't fully like bring Cthulhu back? Or yeah, something no, like the, that, the right? earthquake was incidental of them, and oh. then uh and then I think that mm. what we're supposed to interpret is that after he gets boated to the head, um he kind of like reform he got a, the the primordial sludge that creates Cthulhu reforms and the slinks back into the temple. Okay, I guess so. I think I, I think that's what it is. And um also I should say that the Kyle Cthulhu is also uh, inspired Kyle by... Cthulhu. There was a like a huge uh, earthquake that was in like the northeast of America and like mm. Canada and America. Uh, so like that was like another huge thing that was in the news. So I mean, clearly it inspired this because you know earthquakes and shit. Sure. Uh, yeah. So that's your. <laughs> yeah. No. Because that's kind yeah, of I mean, my, mine. That's kind of mine as well. Where it's, it's like, genuinely the thing that I'm going to remember from now on about the Call of Cthulhu. I, uh, yeah. Just reading about this, being like, see, someone rams Cthulhu with their boat. That yeah, happens. That happens. There? God, this story's so boring. I don't remember that. <laughs> a guy in a fucking schooner. Um. That's a Gabe. If I asked you before, like you had read this or kind of skimmed the thing on Wikipedia or whatever, like mm-hmm. if I said, like, tell me what happens in this. Like, is this how you remember it happening? No. Yeah. I I, I remember. I must not have read this very well. Maybe I'm also confusing with like Dagon or something like that because I mean they're very similar. Uh, Dagon is almost like kind of like an early version of Call of Cthulhu, Mm -hmm. where like I get this like a white dude goes to like some like uh uh like uh, kept away little island and like all like the natives these scary natives woo are like like parading and doing like macabre uh macabre uh uh, uh, rituals towards like some evil fish god or something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, and probably he was like, I was so shocked I killed all the natives. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be a turn. Yeah, probably no, weirdly, I think I accidentally keep on like blending memories from what I read of The King in Yellow, where yeah. they'll be like, like, oh, check it out. I have this pool of water. Oh, no, it's a mask. Something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, now we're all dead. That's another That's another weird one. Yeah, that was underwhelming. King of Yellow. Yeah, not as good as you, you would expect. Yeah. But, okay. hey, I, I was happy to discover elements of True Detective in this. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's... A little figurine found in the back swamps. Some yeah. weird shit happening. That's chill. I mean, that's another thing. Again, True Detective, beautiful because it has love, elements of Lovecrafting horror. And it's not a Lovecraft story. It is not. Thank yeah. goodness. No one will ever make a Lovecraft movie. Um, Guillermo del Toro infamously just tried to make uh, At the Mountains of Madness. Yeah. And for a while I was making it with James Cameron. It was going to be in 3D. It was going to star Tom Cruise. And yet still it was... I'm making a crinkly face. Yeah. I mean, essentially, like, Honestly, I can I, make I, it work. Here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. That you, you know what, what Lovecraft adaptation I want to see? I want to see the guy who made um, Return of the Obra Dinn into a like make. I want to see him make a Cthulhu game. Mm, that's a good one because he's gonna make a quiet, smart, thoughtful, like and haunting story about losing your mind in in the uh, humbled in all the minutia of your world. Yeah, I mean, like from what I've seen of Obra Dinn, which is fucking rad. Yeah, I, I've been putting off buying it for years. Yeah, and oh, I I, I, I really want to get it. Yeah, I think some friends of the show are big fans of it, but I think I want to see that guy tell that story or yeah. a version of it no, no no i and again like oddly enough video games are like a beautiful way to kind of incorporate i think it's just because like it's a, it's an effective horror i don't mm-hmm. know maybe yeah well yeah you're yeah you're, you interact with it i guess so but um yeah no that's i'm sorry but anyway so let's stop talking about Anywho, call cthulhu so. by necronomicon ex mortis and uh and yeah so that's that's that shit um gabriel what Wait, uh, is it necronomicon ex mortis just book of the dead of the dead yeah uh <laughs> nice one sam the former book of the, the book of the former dead i don't know yes sam. <laughs> gabriel 
Mm. Um, so next next week we're going to be doing uh, Sandman's. Yeah, we're doing the Audible adaptation of Sandman by Neil Gaiman. Yes, very excited for that. Uh, it just came out very recently. I think uh, in July. Yeah, it just came out because um, I think this is I think this episode is actually going to air in August. Actually, yeah, um, yeah, a million years in the future, and uh, and again, um, uh, yeah. And then after that, I believe we're going to have a guest. We're going to have a special surprise guest doing a special surprise book that I can't wait to discuss. Okay, all right. It's going to be fucking ridiculous. Looking forward to it. Yeah. But that said, yeah, we'll be looking for that. And then after that, who fucking knows? Gone Baby Gone, Redwall? Maybe Redwall. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're Gone Baby Gone. Maybe let's do Redwall and we get sick of Redwall. We'll do Gone Baby Gone. Gone Baby Gone. Gabriel? Yeah. I want you to do one thing for me. Okay. Plug your stupid fucking face. All right. First and foremost, please check out the other Top Gallant radio show that we have just launched. We're very proud of it. It is called AP Film, taught by film school professionals. Uh. Yes, it's a long title, but we love them. It is Malu Morones and Katie Komet. They mm-hmm. are two young ladies who love film. They love it so much that they made their own film school because they didn't go to film school. Mm-hmm. They present the syllabus every month or so. Um, they can follow the programming of the movies they're talking about. They have a great time. Katie learns Spanish terribly. It's a really great show. We love those guys and they're killing it. Follow them on Instagram at Film School Professionals and subscribe to their show. Give it a check out. They are just a riot. Yes. Um, besides that, um, check out the other thing that I did. Finally, I think it's uh, downplaying it a little bit. It's on well, it's online. Check out Self Evident Asian America Stories. Um, I produced episode three of that podcast of the first season. The talk we're supposed to have It's about my life. So if you want to know more about my shit, check mm-hmm. that out. And lastly, follow me on Instagram at read.richards. Read like reading a book. Daniel, I want all y'all out there to check out the new Wondery show, Guru, the, Guru. the Dark Side of Enlightenment. Uh, I believe all six all six episodes should be out right now. You can find them anywhere you listen to podcasts. I always get it from Stitcher Premium. Hey, um, and I uh, helped uh, a little bit. I'm yeah. credited in the very last episode. You'll hear of Daniel Gonzalez being mentioned. Daniel production assisted. Uh, I production assisted. Yay. Yeah. Uh, also, <laughs> again, uh, all y'all people out there who leave reviews for things. I mean, like uh, I've noticed that Lovecraft, uh, Lovecraft Guru only has like a 3.5 out of five stars in Apple Podcasts, and like yeah, I know it's people giving it negative reviews because of too many ads oh come on yeah i mean like don't be wrong that's, it's free <laughs> it, it is free but like yeah no it is it Grow is sh- up also just pay it for stitcher premium or something yeah ads. i mean that's what i, do. I don't listen to ads i have Stitcher premium yeah i'm fucking cool yeah but uh hey, but, Stitcher, send us some bucks please but check that out guys uh and gals out there because it is a very uh frightening true and and yeah just fucking crazy story about like a real life crime that happened and continues to happen and it also talks about like the kind of uh, self-help guru like yeah. industry out there and it's really stay interesting. out of sweat lodges stay out of sweat lodges also it's not a sweat lodge it's <laughs> um, a torture chamber it was essentially like a heat endurance test oh but uh not to not to spoil it but um but anyway check that out and also you can buy my fiction anywhere you get your ebooks out yeah. there but if you want the physical copies which are really nice yeah. you can get them on amazon and they are the shadow from the deep and a cook in the kingdom tight gabriel yep Time to end up. You know what I want to say? Last time. <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, last time I gave Martha Wells some shit because uh, I said, like, the, the the one thing that, you know, I would have liked the Murabot books more if they were weirder, darker, and deeper. Mm-hmm. And technically, this is a story that's all those three, but it sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, that's all right. We can, we can find a middle ground. No, let's just take a moment and just say, even though we admire the, the type of horror they created and like the, these characters, mm-hmm. incredible, wondrous, fantastical worlds. And I genuinely love, I should actually get you to read those stories. Cause, I mean, I hope you'll like them. Which one? They're, they're interesting. Uh, the cast from Ulther, the Doom that came oh, to Sarnath, sure, yeah, the White sure. Ship. They're more like fantastical. You know? Maybe we'll save it for for, um, for Oatstober. Yeah, maybe. But uh, that said, we can all just look take look take a look back at H.P. Lovecraft and say, fuck you, dude. Fuck you, bro. You're boring. You're and lame. You, and you're you racist. D- and you died thinking you were never going to write again. And you didn't. Goodbye. <laughs> Peace. Top Gallant Radio. Brought to you by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabe Mara. <laughs>